0: I, I used to, go in, when I used to go to the jails, I would talk to, I, talk to inmates, and a lot of them, they thought if you actually slept with your head on the Bible, they would get the Word, by osmosis or something. And I said, no, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, you can open your app and you can read your Bible. You can open your Bible and read your Bible. But you've got to get beyond reading your Bible and absorbing your Bible, taking the Word of God into your, to your soul, to your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's got to start affecting every part of your life. Or it's just words. They're powerful words, but you've got to allow God to bring those words to you and bring life to those words. I've been reading this passage the last few weeks, and I want to share it again this morning. It's from Matthew 13, because they were asking Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And he was saying, well, you know, that before, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they just didn't get it. They would hear, but they didn't really get it. And they would see, but they couldn't really see it. They couldn't perceive it. But he said, for you, and this is what I want to speak over you this morning... But blessed are your eyes, say blessed are my eyes, are my eyes for they see. they see. And your ears, say blessed are my ears, are my ears for, they hear. for they hear. Say Lord today, Lord, today I'm not only going to hear the word, I'm going to absorb the word. And the word's going to change me. And the word's going to transform, transform me. So we're talking about transforming. Don't start repeating after that one because I'm going to go fast, so... It's always funny when you do that and people don't really know, hey, is it time to stop repeating or not, so. But we're going to talk about transformation this morning. Transformation, it's, it's a big word, but it's, it's and it's got a few meanings, and let me give you the three main meanings or uh, definitions of of, of transformation or being transformed. It means to change in composition or structure, like the transform like that, and that's why I show the video. How many of you have seen the Transformer movies, or you've got the toys and, you know, you and you try to figure them out and make some, one thing into something else. It's to change in composition or structure. The other next one is to change the outward form or appearance of something. I said, a lot of women, you get up this morning, and before you come to church, you change your appearance. Thank God. Thank God that you do. Let's give it up for our men. Woo! I am brave. In Jesus' name. Mary Lou said move on. Okay. The third one is to change in character or condition or be converted. Okay, I guess you know that that's one that we're going to talk about more than any of the rest of them this morning. Now in the Amplified, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified most of this morning. I looked up the word transform or transformed or transformation. It's mentioned like over 25 times in the New Testament. But 18 of those times it refers to our conversion or salvation, transformed, okay, being converted. Uh, four times it speaks of when physical bodies are transformed or changed into immortal bodies. Guess what? We're going to be transformed one day. At the rapture, and if it's not at the rapture, it'll be at the, at the, at the judgment, whenever, whenever God says, you're entering into heaven. There's going to have to be a transformation that takes place because mortality can't inherit immortality, right? So there's going to be a transformation there. Uh, it also mentions in scriptures a couple of times about the maturing process, which is what we're going to be talking about today. There's a transformation. There's an initial transformation, and then there's a continual transformation, which is what I hope to, that, that we understand and grab hold of this morning. And there's also uh, the transfiguration. Remember when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain of transfiguration, his appearance changed. And so they looked at him and they said his appearance was totally different. He was was like glowed, you know. And so there was a transformation that took place on that mount. And then there's also, 2 Peter uh, 3.13 says that there's also going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be transformed one day. And that's probably after the millennial reign, uh, that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I don't ex- exactly know how all that works out. I just know the, per- the God that knows how that's all going to work out. He's going to work it all out. Amen? Amen? Okay. So for Christians, transformation means more than... The, it's, it's a huge word for Christians because you have been transformed from one thing to another thing. You've been transformed from dead. Say, I was dead. I was dead. Now you're what? Alive. alive. You're alive. We're talking spiritual terms here this morning. Uh, you, you went from darkness to what? okay? You went from being the worst person in the world to what? God loves you and he says, you're my child. We've been singing about that this morning. Uh, we, 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 go from one, we go from one extreme to the other when we're transformed by Jesus Christ. So transformation is huge in, in for a Christian. So this, this morning we're going to continue this series on autumn. And I'm going to read it for you. I didn't, I didn't send it in this week. So here, here's, the, here's the message that I'm bringing for these next few weeks. It began a couple of weeks ago. It's the season to cultivate, transform, multiply, empower God's people to advance His kingdom. So transformation is a huge part of if we are going to be the kind of people that are going to transform and advance the kingdom of God. Y'all ready for that this morning? But you can't do it. You, we're not going to advance the kingdom of God, Angela, in our old days. Mind In our old mindset. We're not going to transform or advance the kingdom of God in our old man or our old woman. We have to do it in the new man, the new, the new person, the new woman that God's called us to be. We cannot, we can't do this guys in our flesh. See, a lot of people are trying to do this. They're trying to advance the kingdom. Maybe not even advance the kingdom. They're just trying to survive, but they're just doing it in their flesh because there has not been a continual transformation process in their lives. And that's what God is calling all of us to be in the process and never give up the process of being transformed to look more and more like Jesus every day. You know, God took... He took some. He took people that we look at. And went, man, they were amazing, and he transformed their life. But when God got a hold of them, they were not amazing. When he got a hold of Moses, what was Moses guilty of? He was guilty of murder. And he took this man Moses, and he took him. He said, "You, you've been a liability to the Jews. Now you're going to be a liberator for the Jews." He took, a, he took a prostitute and they rap. He said, Now you, you think you're a prostitute? You think that's your life's calling? He said, No, you're, you're going to be a protector of the Jewish people. He took people, ordinary people, people that were in sin, people that were lost, people in, in the worst places in their life. He took Gideon from out of a, a he was a warrior and a, a wine press to a warrior and a winner. I mean, he God transformed Gideon said Gideon you mighty man of valor and Gideon says me I'm he was hiding he was afraid so he's taken you and he's transformed you into what you thought man I can't do anything for God and now you stand up say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength that's transformation this morning and he didn't just take ordinary people he took really unordinary people he went into, he went and took a boat across the sea, found a guy that lived in a, in a cemetery that was cutting himself. He was naked. They, he would break the chains off of him, man. He was, he was like the, one of the scariest dudes probably around in the in the community. Everybody wanted to avoid him. And Jesus took a boat and had intention to go and meet him and deliver him. And he said, What do you want me to do? I want to go with you, Jesus. He said, no, you've been transformed. I want you to go and transform this whole area, these ten cities. You go and win them to Jesus Christ. He tackled, he took a demoniac. Let's, if he can use him, can he use you? Yes. Can he use you? Yes. And on and on and on and on it goes. The man that we're going to be reading scripture from this morning was a Christian killer. And he took this man, Saul, and transformed him into Paul. And Paul was a mighty man of God. Mighty man of God. You know, I never get tired of, of preaching about transformation. Now, y'all might get tired of hearing it. That's too bad because I've got the microphone you don't. And you came in here willingly, and we've already locked the doors, so we're good. <laughs> but one of the most difficult things for any minister is to watch a baby Christian stay a baby Christian. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you want your babies to stay in the crib all their life? Don't you want them to grow up? And we all, that's just a natural part of life growing up. But God said this is a supernatural part of life is growing up in our faith, starting to mature and become strong believers. So we're not staying in the the infants and toddlers room. Pastor doesn't have to change your diapers when you're 30 years old. not going to do that. Wouldn't be prudent. (laughs) So this is the thing. God wants you to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to grow up. Not grow out, grow up. Not grow, out. <laughs> <laughs> grow out. There comes a time when you've got to say, "Hey, I'm done being a baby. I'm done having to have everybody else help me. I'm done having to be always hey, pray for me, pray for me, pray. For me. You need to start. There's got to come a day when you start praying for somebody else." And this may be a hard message for some of you, but I'm telling you, if you've got, how many of you got kids? Was there a day when they, they just drove you to the brink and you said, you got to grow up? Oh, yeah. Right? How many? Yeah. Come on, I get a witness, grow up. No, that was said about you when you were a kid, <laughs> right? Grow up. Well, there comes a time for us as believers that we got to get out of the, off the bottle and we got to start getting into the steak, even though I'm not eating steak anymore. Dang. We have got to get out of just being a mindset of a child and start moving into the mindset of an adult believer. Amen. So Paul Paul is addressing this church, one of the there's many churches in this area of Galatia. So he's addressing them. And I'm going to tell you this, Paul never blinked when he said what he said. He he never he just he pulled no punch. man. He was he was straight to the the source of what he needed to get to. He didn't, he didn't pussyfoot around and, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of coddle you. He didn't coddle the people. He said, listen, the church is in its birthing stages stages, and we've got to get out there and we got to do the deal. Listen, the church, this church, this body of believers, we are not in the birthing stage anymore. Amen. We are not there anymore. Now, some of you I know are because you're new Christians, but for the most part in this body of believers, we have grown up some. And God has said it's time to grow up some more so we can go win this community for Jesus Christ. That we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not, we're not ashamed to speak the truth when, when the truth is going to maybe hurt somebody or offend somebody. I never thought it would happen the way it happened. But this week, I had my first encounter with two men that came to me and said they wanted me to do their wedding. Two men. I thought it was it was a man, it was a woman and a man and a man. And I thought they had come in for the man and the woman. They wanted to do some marriage counseling so they could get married. And it would happen to be two men. The woman said, "Oh, not me." And I always thought, "Well, when is this going to come? When is it going to happen, Lord? When it happened?" I always thought it would come from somewhere, you know, where somebody's coming in to, to, to try to sue us or, or to challenge me on my beliefs. And, and you know what? I could have said, well, I just don't know about that. <sighs> let me pray about that. Hmm, let me, th- me, let, me, let me think about that a little bit. I could have. I, I, I could have not wanted to offend them. What do you think I said? I just spoke the truth to him. I said, man, I love you guys. God loves you, but he has a plan for your life, and this isn't the plan. Because marriage is between one man and one woman. And I said, I know that because the word of God says that. And I believe what the Word of God says is true. I'm not. I'm not here. I don't hate them. I don't say. You, I not say you're, you're going to hell. I didn't. I didn't get up on a soapbox. I just said, listen. I love you, and God has a plan for your life, and, and this is God's word. And we try to. We want to abide by the Word of God because if I tell you something different, I want to lead you down a dark, dark, dark path. But well, we've got to be ready, guys. You've got to be ready in season and out of season to speak the truth in love. In love. Say in love. So Paul, he, he's talking to these churches in Galatia, and and and, and the very very first thing is he says, what's going on with you guys? Why are you already leaving the true gospel? Just go back and read if you have time. Go back and read Galatians 1, 2, 3 uh, that we're going to be talking about today. But he, he says, "Men, what has, what has happened to you guys? And then in verse 10 in Galatians 1, he says, am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? This is Paul talking. Or am I seeking to please someone? If I were still trying to be popular with men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Listen, if I wanted to be popular, I would not be a preacher. If you want to be popular, don't be a Christian. if, If your goal in life is to be popular, you better stay away from Jesus because if you get Jesus and you get the real Jesus and you get the real Holy Spirit, you may offend some people along the way when you tell them about the truth. That there is a heaven, that there is a hell, that there is one way to get there. Oh, there's many ways, Oprah says? No, 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 there's one way. And His name is Jesus. And it's through the cross and it's through the blood. And that may sound offensive some to, even to some of you, but I'm telling you there's only one way that I know of, and I'm going to go that way and I will tell you that way because if I tell you another way, I would be a liar. And I fear God too much to water down the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Paul, if Paul wasn't going to water it down, who am I to water it down? Amen? Who are you to water it down? I want, let me read you a prophecy. This is from 2 Timothy 3.1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Hmm. Lovers of money. Hmm. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. But denying what? It's power. There's power in the Word of God. There's power in the Holy Spirit. And he says, you're, He said in these last days, there's going to be perilous times because people, they're going to, make, they're going to make, read the Word. Listen, it's being read all over the city. It's being read all over the country. It's being read all over the world today. But is there power associated to it? Are people really believing that it's transforming power? Does it transform and renew your mind this morning? Because that's what God wants to do. I didn't hear many amens there. Amen. Come on. If you don't like... Well, I did, we really didn't lock the doors, so... If you want to leave, we'll pray for you on the way out. Amen. Having a form of God... Listen, that's much of the church today. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And you know what Paul says about these people? And from such people... turn away get away from them because they're preaching a false gospel false gospels are going out all over the world today all over the world today most of you know my go to verse when we talk about transformation Romans 12 1 and 2 I beseech you that means I beg you I beg you brethren therefore by the mercies of God aren't you glad that God's merciful aren't you glad God's merciful by the mercies of God that you present your body say my body As a living sacrifice. He didn't say go and and get up on the cross. He said he wants you to be a living sacrifice. When you're a living sacrifice, you can speak the word of God and you can lead other people to Jesus. Okay? He said, I want you to be a living sacrifice, holy, which is set apart, acceptable to God, which is just what? Your reasonable service. A reasonable service. Okay. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Say transformed. By what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of you? No? Whose who's will? Uh, who's this about then? Who are we supposed to be pleasing? Who are we supposed to be who are we supposed to be lining up with? But don't we think it's about us? It's all about me, Jesus. No. But isn't that the mindset of most people? How about your friends? In your circles, where you go to, where you work at in the school, what do they talk about? What do they want? Who are they trying to please? Themselves. themselves. Lovers of themselves. Listen, guys, a renewed mind is, I don't, and it's not about me, it's about Jesus. A renewed mind is, I love God first, and, and I love people, and, and I love myself, but it's all about Jesus. That's the renewed mindset that he wants you to have this morning. It's not about you. It's about him. So now let's go to the main crux of scripture this morning in Galatians chapter 3. I promise you that I don't know when I'll finish. Okay. He says this in verse 1. Paul is so gentle with his words, Betty. I love how he's he's so kind. Oh, you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians, who has what? bewitched you that you would act like this to whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified in the gospel message. So nice. What if I got up this morning and said, oh, you bunch of fools, superficial idiots. (laughs) Bye, pastor. You need some medication. (laughs) What was he trying to do? Get their attention. Now, he's talking to the church here. He's talking to the church. Get that. I want you to understand that. He says, you're foolish, you're thoughtless, you're super. How many of you know people that are superficial? You like to hang around them? No, I didn't think so. He's saying, why are you so, who, who has bewitched you? He says, you've, you've heard the gospel message. As a matter of fact, it's been so clear that the Holy Spirit made it. It's almost like you saw it with your own eyes, he's saying here. This is all I want to ask of you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? As a result of obeying the requirements of law, or was it the result of hearing the message of salvation and with faith believing it? He's asking him a simple question: Did you did you did you get God? Did you get the Spirit of God? Did you get it by the law or did you get by the Spirit? He said, "Or by faith." He's asking him a question: Are you so foolish and senseless? Here goes complimenting them again: Are you so foolish and senseless, having begun your new life by faith with the Spirit? Are you now being perfected and reaching? This is talking about transformation. Or are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is, by your own works and efforts to keep the law. We just sang, we just sang some songs about you know about religion. See, some people, when you, you read that, you know, I don't really exta- I understand what he's saying here, Pastor. He's saying, you know, you started out good. You started out well. You, you started out the race right. But after a while, you started... E- You know, easing back into the old man, the old lifestyle. Anybody ever do that? It's called backsliding. Where I came from when I was a kid, backsliding. I backslid all the time. I didn't know how to go forward very much because I really wasn't taught how to go forward. And so I want to teach you how to go forward today, okay? That's transformation if you're going forward. You know, if you're not going forward with Christ, you are going backwards. There's actually no neutral ground. A lot of people like the neutral ground, but there is no neutral ground. He said, you started out good. What? Took you off track. I want to ask, if I went around this room and asked you, because I'm pretty sure most everybody in here has gotten off track before. Can I get a witness? Anybody ever gotten off track in your, in your walk with the Lord? Okay. Which, one were, which were the perfect ones? Where were they? Okay. Some people didn't raise their hands. And I know they're either not listening or they just don't care. But you've gotten off track before. And I could go around this room and say, what got you off track? And you would all have a thousand different answers. What got me off track? Was it pride? Was it a disappointment? Was it the old temptation? Was it an old fling? Was it my... The, the companions that I started to keep again was it the people I thought I could go witness to and then all of a sudden they were witnessing to me about the devil and I went back to the other side to the dark side you know there's a lot of things that we could there, there's a lot of reasons people are bewitched or charmed or deceived or deceived into and, and going back to that old lifestyle and Paul was seeing this he was saying what do you mean you want to go you're here you need to get be circumcised to be a To be a believer? He said, why would you want to do that? That's that's following the law. That's works. You can't do that. Jesus died for you so you wouldn't have to go back to the law. Because he became sin for us. Amen? Amen. We've received Christ. We've been transformed. We've got this new life in Christ. He wants to take up residence in our life. He, He saves us. Then he says, I want you to change, I want you to grow, I want you to mature. The word transformed in one of these translations is the word we use, and it comes from the word metamorphosis. And you know what that is? It reminds me of, it's a caterpillar. Have you ever seen an ugly caterpillar? And you've seen the videos when you're a kid going to school, and they went into the, they started wrapping themselves up in the cocoon. And then all of a sudden go like that, like the peacock from NBC burst out of the cocoon, and they've got, there's this beautiful butterfly. That's metamorphosis. See, I'm looking at a bunch of butterflies in here today. There may be a few caterpillars in here. <laughs> and if you're a caterpillar, we're going we're, we're to give you an invitation to become a butterfly today. Transformation. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Transformation. You started out well, and uh, God wants you to finish strong. I'm going to ask you a question. Raise hands because I want you to embarrass each other. How many of you have ever started an exercise program but you didn't finish it? How many of you ever started an eating program, but you didn't complete it? How many of you made a New Year's resolution, but you fell through about three days in? <laughs> I want to ride that bike. Woo-hoo. You can't hardly walk the next day. I think I'll wait till next week to ride the bike again. But How many of you have exercise equipment and you got it ready for the garage sale? Did you know that's one of the number one things you find in garage sales? There's there's exercise equipment everywhere. I said, man, why did did they get rid of that? Let's get that, baby. She said, yeah, I don't know, honey. We we got one of those exercise bikes, and it, it just stayed in the garage, you know? You started well, though you had a good intention. But see, some of us in our faith walk are a lot like that. We have this great intention. Maybe you went to youth camp, or, man, you got zapped by the Holy Spirit, or you went to deliverance night, or, or you got saved. You were, man, that God called you, and you came up here, and you wept up here, and you were like, oh, man, I'm serving God. And the next thing that hits you, smack upside the face, the enemy comes back, tries to steal your joy, and you give it up really quick. and say, man, I don't know. This, this Christian stuff is just too difficult. And God said, no, 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 no. You're missing the whole point. You've got to walk with a transformed mind. You've got to be renewed in your mind. That's why we speak about these things all the time. You've got to be renewed in your mind. Verse 4, Galatians 3 says, Have you suffered so many things, Paul says, and experienced so much of all for nothing, if indeed it was all for nothing? In other words, he said, You've gone through some things, because Paul had gone through some things. He'd been beaten and shipwrecked. You know the story. He's been through everything you can imagine, left for dead, and yet he would get back up because he was not done. And he said, What He said, after hearing this message, this great gospel message, have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing, if it would indeed it was all for nothing? So then does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works miracles among you do it as a result of the works of the law which you perform or because you believe confidently in the message which you heard with faith? See, here's what I'm trying to say is if you're going to try to walk this walk out in your flesh, you will F-A-I-L. Now, God will never fail. We fail all the time. But if you try to walk this out, how many of you try to live the Christian life in your, in your own flesh? Come on, raise your hands. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to smoke that anymore. I'm not going to drink that anymore. I'm not going to hit them anymore. I'm meant, I am just made it up my mind. I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be a good person. In the first opportunity you have to do one of those things, you do it. And then you go, man, I don't know if I can do this. And because you're doing it on your own, you're trying to do it in your flesh. That's what he's saying here. Why, why do you think you want to you go back to that old lifestyle? Because if you're, if you're doing that, you're denying the power of God in your life. You're denying the power of the Word to transform your life. And some of you, listen, if you're not in the Word, I promise you, you're probably walking in your flesh. If you're not in the Word of God on a regular basis, and I'm talking daily, if you're not in the Word of God, you're probably living in your flesh way more than your spirit. Because you know why I know that? Because it says you're not renewing your mind. You're living in the old mindset. You're going to fail, I promise you. Look at verse 6. And just as Abraham believed God, say, believed God. God. Now, it doesn't say Abraham believed in God. He said he believed God. There's a big difference. Even the demons believe in God. But Abraham believed God. Say, I believe God. I believe God. <laughs> you say, I, well, I believe it. Have you, have you ever asked somebody about, about their faith? Hey, what, what do you believe? What's your faith? Well, I believe in God. What, really? So do all the demons. They believe in God. But do you believe God? See, well, there's a difference because when you believe God, you believe his word. You trust him. Then you'll walk with him when you trust him. But if you just believe in him, man, that's just out there. That's just, pick, pick one. Pick a God. I believe in God. But he said, do you believe God? Abraham, it says he believed God. Now, many people believe, many theologians believe this is the first evidence of the gospel of grace in all of the scriptures. Look at it. It's from Genesis 15, 16, if you want to look it up later. He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, As conformity to God's will and purpose, not his, but God's will and purpose, so it is with you also. So did Abraham conform to God's word, or did he conform to the world? Hmm. God's word. His spoken word. Okay, I got to admit, it probably would be better if we heard from him audibly, Lorenzo. Abraham heard from him audibly. So that much made it a lot easier to be a 90-year-old man and... Think he's going to have a baby with an 80-year-old woman who is barren. Right? Makes sense. Well, I heard it ought to be from God. Listen, it was faith. He believed God when God said, you're going to be the father of nations. And he believed God and did what God told him to do. And because of him, the nations were birthed because he believed God. He trusted God. He did not conform to the world. He, didn't, he, he said, this is, this is way outside of my my realm of, of, of knowledge, God. So what do you want me to do? And God says, you're going to have a child. Now he tried to make it, he tried to do it in his flesh one time, and that didn't work out so good, did it? But then when he followed God's commandments and did it exactly the way God said, he had a beautiful child, and now we are part of that family. See, did you know we're Abraham's descendants? You may not even know that this morning, but I'll show you here in a minute that we are part of Abraham's family, all right? Look at verse 7. So understand that it is the people who live by faith with confidence in the power and the goodness of God who are the true sons of Abraham and daughters, if you want to call it that. But actually, we've heard the teaching from Brother Ron, and we are all sons, right? Say, "I'm I'm a son. The scripture for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles, say, if you're not Jewish this morning, you're a Gentile, so that's you right there. Say, I'm a Gentile. Unless you're Jewish. Anybody, any Jewish besides Mario? Okay. He says, The Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith proclaimed the good news of the Savior to Abraham in advance with this promise saying, In you, he's talking about Abraham, In you shall all the nations be blessed. How many nations? All. How many? All. Okay. It wasn't just the Jewish nation then, was it? It wasn't just Israel. It was all nations. See, even Jews still don't, they don't like that verse. A lot of a lot of Jewish people still don't like this verse because it speaks to all nations. It speaks to all of mankind. It says in the scriptures that Jesus died once for all. So verse 9 says, So then those who are people of faith, whether Jew or Gentile, are blessed and favored by God and declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with him along with Abraham the believer. Because you believed God... Because you believe the gospel, because you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for your sins, that He rose from the dead, that He ascended to the Father, He's at the right hand of the Father now, interceding for you. Because you believe that, by faith, you have now got the righteousness of Christ wrapped around you. That ought to get you excited. Because your righteousness is no good. Your righteousness is no good. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's His righteousness that makes us in right standing with God. That's what the word righteous means. I'm in right standing with God. Say, if you're a believer this morning, say, I'm in right standing with God. God. It doesn't matter. It's not about your works. If it was about your works, then Jesus would, He didn't have to die. If we could make it on our own, guys, Jesus, He wouldn't have had to die, but He had to die. Because God needed a perfect sacrificial lamb. And the law wasn't getting it done. All the law was doing is showing us how sinful we are. And God says, I'm going to send my son and he's going to die for you. And you will have his righteousness placed on you. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's talking about the transformation process. That's walking from glory to glory and faith to faith. That's why this season is your season. Say, this is my season. It's my season. To embrace the call of God on my life and become the warrior. Become that man, that woman of God that's going to advance the kingdom of God. That's who He's calling you to be this morning. He didn't call you to just sit. He called you to serve. He didn't call you. To, he didn't call you so you could be milly mouth about God and your and your faith. He called you to be strong in your faith and not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are coming to a day when it's going to be you're going to have to know the gospel. You're going to have to have the word embedded in you because people are going to come and point fingers at you, they're gonna they want to arrest you. They wanna call you a, a hate monger because you speak the truth. I'm telling you it's coming. It's coming and, and what do I, I've got to prepare you for this. The church has to be prepared for this. I mean I just saw it this week. I spoke out one time on that homosexuality was a sin. And I got a letter from from a group in the city that said, you're 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 speaking, you're spewing hate. I'm spewing love. I'm spewing truth. That's the truth. Doesn't mean it's popular, but it's the truth. When we talk about murdering chill babies, listen, we're speaking, no, we don't want our babies to be murdered. We want our babies to live. You don't have a right to say that I'm going to murder a child. But listen, if you start saying that out in public, you might get in trouble for it. If you bow a knee at a football game, you might get in trouble for it. Really when I went to see that movie, Running the Bases. anybody seen that movie? Yeah, Running the Bases. Yeah, it's a good movie. About a coach, all he did, he was his, because of his faith, every, before every game, he would run around the bases, and then he would kneel, and then he would get up. No big show, just run around the bases. And the evil dude in the city called the police and said, this is a public park, he can't do that arrested him, threw him in jail. It's just a preview, I think, of things that may be coming. You've got to, be, you've got to have your grown-up pants on. <laughs> I didn't say panties, no. I heard you. You're right there. I can hear you. I wish I wasn't having to say all this, but it's just, it's happening. It's happening. And you can get mad and you can, you can do whatever you want to. You can scream at the government all you want to, but no, here's what we do. We love the truth and we speak the truth and we do it in love and we, uh, we love our enemies. <laughs> Don't we? Yeah, you got to throw that one in there too, Pastor, thanks a lot. Verse, uh, now, it's, now jump down, we're almost done, verse 25. Y'all, I know y'all know that it means nothing when I say that, but verse 25, we, we're almost done really. Now, and you really need to read all this. I, I don't even like to skip like this, but I'm skipping today because of time, uh, moving forward. But now that faith has come, say faith has come. Faith has come. He's talking to him. he's saying like, guys, faith has come. You don't have to go back to that, that old man, that old, man, that old lifestyle. I said. But now the faith has come. We are no longer under the control and the authority of a tutor or a disciplinarian. He said, we're no longer under the law. We're under grace. Say Grace. For you who are born again, have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. That that word sanctified means you're dedicated to God and are all children of God set apart. That's that word holy for his purpose, not yours, for his purpose. With full rights and privileges, we have that that authority because he gives it to us. Full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you can't walk this thing out in faith, you're not going to be able to walk it out. Because there's going to be days you're going to get up. I don't know if I can do that. And God said, I'm going to give you the faith to do it today, Harold. You've got to have faith. Trust me. When things don't come out the way the prayers don't answer, you don't get the answers like you want. The healing doesn't come like you want. The the job didn't come like you wanted. That woman or that man that you thought God was bringing to you, they don't show up. All that, you've got to say, by faith, I'm going to walk this day through, Lord. I, I trust you. Even when I don't see, I don't see the answers, I still trust you. Through faith, we have to walk this out. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, and now he's not talking about water baptism here. He's talking about baptized into the blood of Christ. That's our first baptism. Did you know that? That water back there, that's after you're baptized in the blood. That's just that. That's just a testimony that you've been baptized into Jesus. He says, now that you've been baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union with with the Christ, that's the Messiah, the anointed, have clothed yourselves with Christ, that is, you have taken on his characteristics and his values, there is now no distinction in regard to salvation, neither Jew nor Greek. A lot of people... This scripture right here blows their mind. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to try to give you some understanding of it. Neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you who believe are all one in Christ Jesus. No one can claim a spiritual superiority. And if you belong to Christ, if you're in him, then you're Abraham's descendants. Say, I'm Abraham's descendants. Yeah. And you're spiritual heirs according to God's promise. See, Abraham was pre-law. He was before the law even ever happened, so he could. He, that's why he was walking by faith and not by sight. He was he was living by he was living under the grace of God even before anybody knew what that, that was even about. And he said, "Listen, there's neither male nor female, there's neither Jew nor Greek. You know what he means? There, he's not saying that that you are the same, that you're the same as her. No, it doesn't mean that the black person is the same as the white person or the brown person. Didn't mean that. We're different. God made us different. Aren't you glad He made us different?" Aren't you glad? Yes. But he's saying, we're all the same in the spirit. Yes. There's not one of you because you're a man or you're a woman or you're black or you're brown or you're white or you're Greek or you're whatever. It doesn't matter your ethnicity or where you're from, it does not matter your past. He says, when you come under the blood of Jesus, we're all the same. Yes. We're family. Yes. We are family. We're family. Look at your neighbor and say, we're family. Say, you don't look like me, but I know you are, you're, we're family. We're family. That's why we sing about your identity, who God says we are. That's why we talk about our identity in Christ. That's why we talk about the word all the time. That's why we talk about the spirit of God empowering us to do what God's called us to do. Because he has a greater purpose for each and every one of you. Mary said this morning, she said, We talked in a staff meeting about having a, a testimony. Did you get a testimony this week? I said, no, I didn't get a testimony. And I said, hmm. Walked over to her at the piano this morning when she was playing. I said, We had a testimony. His name was Nick. <laughs> yeah, that was testimony. Nick was in the water. Nick was the testimony. Right? Y'all stand.